Let us go. Let my people go. Okay. So, we started a new Mishnah. Um, a whole list of things that have to be done uh, in a sufficient state of readiness before you get to Shabbos. So, the Gemara on top of the Afghav starts, Vikama. Right? Just how roasted. We start off by saying that when one is roasting meat, eggs, or onions, they, ha- they have to be uh, roasted enough. They, they have to be roasted early enough that um, they can be considered ready by the time Shabbos comes in. So says the Gemara, well, what, how cooked are we describing? How cooked does that actually have to be? The Gemara says... All my equipment is on low battery. Some adventures. Actually, sorry about this. How cooked do things have to actually be? It's got to be cooked enough that it is roasted um, from the time from the daytime. Like the food that Ben Drusoy would eat. So this is either a familiar term to you or it isn't. I'll explain it. There was a fellow named Ben Drusoy and he wasn't a very nice man. He was a thief. And because he was a thief, he was always running from the police. And when you're always on the run, you don't really have time to sit around cooking things properly. So, Ben Drusai would uh, cook his meat only to a certain point of cookedness. Rashi says that point is a third, which is not very cooked. It's very, very rare. But even um, that level of cookedness is considered already cooked and therefore you can say okay I'm any further cooking is really just extra credit you know so we're not worried about it um, I would remind you of course that of course one may not cook even things which have already reached Michael Ben Drusai um, but in terms of uh, in terms of making new rules and saying you can't do the following thing even before Shabbos um, we don't say that Right, in other words, if something's already cooked, like it's already a third cook before Shabbos, that's already okay. Itmar Nami, Amr of Asi, Amr of Yechanan, Kol Shehu Kemaycho Ben Drusoy, Ein Ba Mishem Bishuli Nachr. Right, so we're going to bring a proof from another area to show that, in fact, this is how it works, because we know that foods which are cooked to the stage of Maycho Ben Drusoy, even if a non-Jew comes along 
and then you know grabs them and throws them back on the grill and continues cooking them, we don't consider it to be Bishuli Aku. We don't consider it to be food cooked by a non-Jew, which is forbidden to right? We rather say that since primarily the cooking was done by a Jew, a Jew cooked to the state of Michael ben to one-third cooked, then the food is considered cooked. Okay? To the best of my knowledge, we do not pass in this way, we don't rule this way. Benyukhanani is, nonetheless, and this illustrates the concept that um, you can take food which is cooked to the level of Michael ben and put it on top of your stove and let it continue cooking even though the stove is not Gufu Ketuma. What's Gufu Ketuma? So the word Gerufa means scraped. When you have an oven full of coals, so what you do is in order to regulate the heat, there are no knobs on it. So what do you do to regulate the heat? You'd scrape them all up and put them, you know, take them out basically, right? Or put them in the corner maybe, but you take them, you you totally remove them from the area. Um, that's the word garuf. And katum, so that's something that they used to do. They would take a, like ash and they would cover the entire top of the oven, um, which was intended to deaden the heat, the intensity of the heat that was radiating out of the oven. So, generally speaking, not we haven't learned about it yet, we'll learn about it more when we get to the right place, but um, the uh, generally speaking, there would be there, there would be a requirement to make the oven, if you're going to use an oven for any purpose, um, close to Shabbos, in a way that would qualify as Shahiyah, which again we will learn about um, in Parakira. Right, Shahiyah means leaving. Shahiyah is when you take something that is uh, that is uh, that 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 you're trying to keep warm, and you leave it on the heat. So generally, it would require things to be garuf v'katam. You have to really downgrade the power of the oven in a very significant way. Um, you're probably familiar with a blech. That is the point of a blech. A blech is supposed to make things garuf v'katam. So. Um, right, it's supposed to it is supposed to replicate the effect that um, that uh, scraping out the coals and spreading the ash would have had. So, usually speaking, usually you have to have that. Hananya is saying if the food's already been drusai, you don't have to have that. Again, I we do not pass in that way, but it illustrates the concept. Okay. Ein noisnen es hapas. So we said in the Mishnah, you don't put the bread, you, have, you don't put bread in the oven um, close to dark. Right? You're not allowed to put bread in the oven close to dark. So we said though that there is a uh, there's a certain stage of bakedness, right, that, uh, that at which you're allowed to leave the dough in the oven to, to continue baking, even though Shabbos has begun. So what would that case be? Is that the Mishnah? It's got to start developing a crust. So Nurbul Lazar had, had inserted, he said, Oh, the bottom's got to get, uh, got to start developing a crust. So says the Gemara, which bottom? This is actually a really, really good, really good question because 
this is you know for from to the European the Western mind um, this is not this, this question doesn't make a whole lot of sense but to the Middle Eastern mind it's an obvious one um, so you know generally speaking we think of bread you take a piece of bread you put it on a rack or on a tray and you put it in the oven and then there's your bread and it's sitting there nicely and the bottom obviously is the bottom but the way the bread is made to this day traditionally in the Middle East is that you have kind of a flat circle a relatively flat circle of dough and you stick it to the side of the oven um, you stick it to the side which is burning hot and then it bakes in that fa- <laughs> it bakes in that fashion so uh, so it's a very strange thing um, if you think about it there's no clear bottom what do we mean the bottom do we mean the side which is attached to the side to the metal you know whatever whatever material the oven's made out of or do we mean the side that faces outward towards the flame it's more just two sides like what do you mean the bottom says the Gemara which one is called the bottom the part that faces towards the oven the part that faces towards the fire we have another version, some kind of brisa, that says Rebelezer exp- expresses his his shita as its face, which is stuck to the oven. Right, that's the that's what he's calling here the tachta in the bottom part, part stuck to the oven. Rashi says that's a chum. Right, Rashi says that becomes. Um, the, the outside, the part that's towards the fire, tends to brown quicker. It's actually very interesting because um, when you're working with uh, you know cast iron, you know you doing things, uh, you know even if you're baking bread, usually the part that's in contact with the hot metal gets hotter faster. But I don't know. I, I never used a, a, an ancient Middle Eastern oven. Okay. Um, so we said, Mishal Shonis HaPesach. The Gemara talked about, uh, the, the Mishnah had said that, however, you are permitted to set up the uh, Korban Pesach to roast Im um, uh right, with at, even as dark is approaching. So why is that? Why is it permissible to roast it? It should also be forbidden. It should also be forbidden. Why is that allowed? Okay, you know, why is it any different than any, other, any of the other cases we've discussed? Says the Gemara, my time is the Bnei Chabura is the reason. Hey, the Bnei Chabura, the 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 people who gather together to make carbon Pesach, these are the reason. Um, what does the reason mean? So, the reason in the context of, of our discussion, um, which is going to be repeated again a little farther along, the reason means they're very from, they're very very serious. They're here to do a mitzvah. Since they're here to do a mitzvah, they're very conscious of the fact that it's Shabbos. Since they're very conscious of the fact that it's Shabbos, or the Shabbos is coming, I should say, um, so they're going to be very careful to remind each other uh, not to be mechatib v'chal, not to stoke the flames. Right, so therefore, um, we're less concerned, we trust them, because they're like mamish in the process of doing the mitzvah. Okay? Um, very well. Says the Gemara, So the implication is that barring the fact that the Bnei Chabura, that the, the people, the, uh, the, the members of the Chabura are um, the reason they're very from, so barring that fact, they wouldn't be permitted 
to set up the carbon pesach. Says the Gemara, Valmer Mar Gadya Ben Sharik Ben Lesharik Shafridami. Didn't we learn earlier a Gadya, a small goat? Presumably, this is also applicable to a small sheep, a shepsala, a lamb. Ben Sharik Ben Lesharik Shafridami. We hold the maskana according to Avashi that uh, when the even if the oven is not does not have a uh, a specific hacker a indicator that we're dealing with a meat which is sensitive to wind input right um, but since goats are sensitive to wind input we're not worried that the person is going to open up the oven and stoke the calls right we're not concerned about that so what changed over here it's the same goat it's the same oven the fact that it's a mitzvah why, why are we setting up new parameters all the time over there, that's talking about a, a you know a shawarma, a, a sheep that's chopped up. It's 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 butchered in the normal fashion. So over there, that's why the wind affects it. Again, it's still a mystery to me how it is that wind affects the cooking of the sheep. Maybe it means temperature changes. But that's what I would have to assume that if you mess with the temperature, it's not going to cook evenly. It's a gamey meat. I, I, I don't know. I never cooked a, a lamb, whole or otherwise. Um, but he says the Gemara, since the carbon pesach is roasted whole, so um, it is uh, it is less susceptible to trouble, and you may be likely to open it up and and stir around the coals, and that's why we need to come up with another reason, which is that bnei chabura's reason, the bnei chabura, the members of the group offering the carbon pesach are very very serious, and they're going to be careful and warn each other against stoking the coals. Okay. We had said that um, the there's a Madura space on Lake. There's a big um, there's a big fire, a big bonfire that is kept ro- roaring in the basically in the Kayanim's uh, uh, in the uh, in the Kayanim's dressing room, right? In one of the back rooms of the or the side rooms of the Beis Hamikdash. There's kind of a you know a common room for the Kayanim to get their coffee. And to warm up, because they're running around barefoot on stone surfaces, it gets a little chilly. They need to cool down. They need to warm up. So we said, Machizin Asaur, you're allowed to catch the fire on Arab Shabbos to the Menduras base Hamaykid, even though generally speaking, you can't just catch fires on. You have to have a roaring. Let's say, well, let's say it's a it's a cold winter uh, Shabbos, and so you're setting up the, the the wood fire so that it should burn nicely throughout Friday night, right? Uh, you have to make sure that the wood is solidly caught on, because otherwise you might come to stoke the wood, to stoke the colt. Says the Gemara, says the Mishnah, right? The Mishnah said that, however, the Koyanim's special warming fire is different. Okay. Why? You know, immediately, how do we know? Amr of Huna, lois of Aruesh, Bechomesh, Vesech. So, Gazir Sakasa, wow. It has to be some kind of asmachta, because we're talking about an Isidur Avonim. But, we find the Pasuk. You're allowed to write, you can, the, the, the Pasuk says, you, can, you shouldn't have a fire burning in any of your homes. In all of your homes, you can't have, right, in your own homes, you can't have a fire burning like this. But you can have a fire burning in the Madura space, in the special kind of coffee room fire. Right, so the implication is that you can leave it burning even at a very early stage, and you can just kind of put in a match and walk away. And even though it's only a few minutes, the Shabbos, we're not worried you're going to stoke the coals. Right, so it's like a of some sort. It's a very, very strange shot. 
again, we're talking about an Issa de Rabbana. It's, strong, it's strange for other reasons, as the Gemara is right away going to say. That Pasuk is saying that you can't light a fire on Shabbos. Right? So it would seem that if we can actually establish that that Pasuk, that that commandment doesn't apply in the Beis Hamikdash side rooms, that would that would therefore mean that one would be permitted to light a fire right? Um, uh, you know, because because we're not Karaites, we don't interpret that pasuk. Right? The Karaites famously interpreted that verse as saying you're not allowed to have any fire burning in your house. They sat in the dark and they ate cold food, which is amazing to me because a lot of the Karaites, the Karaites ended up living in in, the, in Europe, by the way. So I don't know how you live in Lithuania in, in, in you know in January. And Friday night, you don't have any fire whatsoever burning in your home. I, 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 they, ha- they must have cheated. <laughs> I don't really believe it. But um, you know, it's easy enough to do in Iraq in the eighth century, um, where they arose at first. But anyway, um, so you know, the Karaites they believe that according to this verse, you're not allowed to have a fire in your house. So <laughs> according to that interpretation, of Christus Shah works very well, right? Because of Christus saying. You, you can't have a fire burning in your home, but you can have a fire burning in the uh, in the side room, right? But in reality, right away, they work happy. That's not true. That's not how you read the Pasuk. The Pasuk means you're not allowed to start a fire. So you can't start a fire in the side room on, on Shabbos either. So the Gemara, you're right. That's not the source. It's not the source. El Amar of Excuse me. Rav uh, Chista, it was Rav who originally said the Pshat. The Pasuk's doing something entirely different. The Pasuk was coming to permit the burning of Evarim and Pedarim, of fats and um, um, uh, and limbs, which are need to be burned overnight. Now, how exactly they got to the Mizbeach on Shabbos is an interesting question. Um, Taisus deals with that at some length, but Taisus basically says they, have already, they must have already been somewhat consumed by the fire. Uh, to understand exactly how it could be, um, although the implication of the Gemara is certainly that one can lechatchila take them and place them on the fire, uh, says the Gemara. So what then is the explanation of our Mishnah? Why is it true that um, why is it true that um, um, that you can have this fire burning even though in the side room in the Kainim's uh, dressing room, even though you are there's a risk that someone will stoke the calls. The Gemara of the Kaihanim's reason, hey, same idea. The Kaihanim, there's reason, right? Rashi says, what does it mean, reason? They are Yereim Vicharedim. They're very, they're B'nai Torah, Hayyim B'nai Torah Vicharedim, Vinizkarim. They're very, very conscious of the demands of Halacha. And, well, also, La Asuye, Mi She Tachshat, I'm just reading Rashi, the Chatuye, excuse me, Mi She Tachshat. They're not likely to stoke the flames because they are a pretty from crowd. Okay? interesting this is not to say right we're very we're very from crowd also that doesn't mean that we don't have to keep the laws of uh, using a black right uh, we we still have to make sure that any fires in our home are right? we cannot we have to observe all the halachas we have to put foil in our crockpots why is that the case well um we're we're just discussing here in our sugya in our daf we're discussing the parameters of what the enactment actually is. We're not saying that there are um, that there are exemptions based on how from you are. That's not how it works, right? The way it works is that we're just trying to understand why those parameters laid out by Chazal um, 
qualify uh, why those limitations make sense. Why did the sages uh, choose to apply their takana to us and not to the Kayan? Or to us and not to, uh, you know, B'nai Chabur with the carbon Pesach. But this is not to say that there's some dispensation. Oh, I'm very from, so I don't have to keep these halachas. That is both a paradox and oxymoron and incorrect. Okay. As we said that in the in the gvulin out in the sticks, right outside Yerushalayim, um, the fire has to get on to roiv to a majority of the, uh, the the wood before you can just leave it erev Shabbos. My ruban, what does it mean a majority? Most of every stick. Now that's a very stringent standard. I almost I almost don't know how you apply such a standard. Um, I guess. I'm kind of picturing like a big Lagboimer bonfire, and it's probably something more along the lines of a little campfire, so it's not that hard to ascertain whether or not each stick has been caught on fire, but still, it's a challenging thing to establish. Shmuel Omar Shmuel, I think, says standard seems a little a little uh, more relaxed. Right, Shmuel says, when you're building a fire, right, there's always that one guy the whole time saying, get small sticks, bring, bring small sticks, bring leaves, bring small sticks, right? So that guy, we need to wait until he will close, until he closes his mouth, right? Because uh, we, we have to, the, the fire has to be at such a point that nobody's going to say, hey, we need to add more small sticks, more kindling. Okay. Rule of thumb. Tana, Rechia Shmuel, quotes a rule. Two, uh, quotes an idea, excuse me, to assist Shmuel. So what's he quoting? The discussion that he's quoting actually uh, relates to totally, uh, a totally different uh, discussion. This is the discussion of the Menorah, the capital M Menorah. When it's being lit, we consider it lit at the point that shall heves, that a flame is going up. Um, the, the, the flame is kind of functioning on its own. Right? That's kind of uh, an easy image to conjure up. Sometimes the flame's going nicely and sometimes the flame's only going because you're holding a candle or something there. So, we need to get to the point that the shalhevis, the flame of the bonfire, is burning nicely on its own and it doesn't require more kindling to assist it. Okay? Eitzichidi says the Gemara, what about a single piece of wood? Like, I'm not really sure exactly why a person would be burning a single stick of wood. I, I suppose like a torch or something. I don't know. Maybe you would prepare it in such a way that it would function like a torch. So, says the Gemara, Rav Omar Rav Avyoy, right? Uh, the majority of its thickness. Now that means Rashi explains internally, right? So you know if you if you're if you're burning or if you're making a wood fire, so you have a burning log. You can usually kind of tell by looking at the log, um, you know. To what extent the flint, the fire, the the glow has penetrated into the like into the center of the log. So if the center of the log is is basically glowing, right? If the majority of the inside of the log is glowing, so you know that the wood is uh, is is uh, burnt enough, right? That's that's enough. That's a, an advanced enough stage of fire that you don't have to worry that the fellow is going to stoke the coals in order to increase the heat, right? The general rule of thumb is when we're talking about bonfires, right, the fires that are made to warm you up as opposed to cook something, you just want the fire to be functioning well. But when you have a fire 
that's being used to cook, cook something. So throughout the process, even if the fire is burning very nicely, right, we're concerned that you're going to stoke the coals. That's why none of these dispensations apply. You can't say, oh, but my, you know, the fire that I'm roasting meat over, after all, it's a very accomplished fire. It's doing very well for itself. Most of the sticks are burnt or whatever, right? That, that's not the point because you're still worrying about the cooking. You're likely to stoke things and cook things in order to uh, achieve a more even cook, etc. When it comes to just building a fire, so once the fire is built, generally speaking, um, we can rely on you to not poke it. Um, although, frankly, I have to say that I'm a pretty big fire poker myself, um, and I don't know if I would stop just because I did a good job making it. So, says the Gemara, says the Gemara, one, so one approach is rave of the majority of its thickness, Amri law, so another version is that's actually a much more relaxed, a much more uh, lenient approach, right? Most of its circumference, right? That's just the outside. That's just the outside. That's faster. Amra Papa, right? That happens sooner. Amra Papa, Hilkach, being in Rave Avio, but in Rave Hekefe. So says Papa, therefore we need to observe both opinions in order to be careful about this matter, um, which actually uh, works out very uh, appropriately with. Rav Papa's move that he does a few times in Maseches Brachas, I believe it's Rav Papa, who always says, whenever there are two languages in Brachas that, that we could use, he says, oh, we got to say all of them now. Um, so similarly, he's saying here, we need to observe both opinions. Okay, Kitanoi. This sounds like a machlekes tanoi. Rav Chia Omar, Kedeshi Yishachis Ha'etz Mulechas Ha'umar. Right, there's a certain point where when you light a piece of wood on fire, it's not long before it can't really be used um, anymore uh, for for work, right? For uh, for for any practical purpose. Why? Because it'll shatter. It's been rendered. It's it's chemical, whatever. It's it's I should say its structure has been affected uh, enough by the chemical reaction that it is no longer reliable. In terms of uh, you know load bearing or whatever, so therefore, right? Rashi says that's comparable to the state of Rav Avya, right? To the state of most of its thickness. That means, right? The fire has really penetrated into the substance of the wood. A piece of wood that's kind of charred on the outside, you can still work with. Um, the fire has to catch on from both sides, which sounds to us like the outside, like the, uh, the the second version of Rav, which was more makil, more relaxed. Says the Gemara, even though there's no proof, we don't have, I don't have any way of proving that one way or another is correct, we have a Pasuk which can remind us of the Halacha, it's a language of Yechezko Hanavi, um, and he's describing a log, and he's saying that a log, which is um, which is uh, consumed, right, that, that has been consumed by the fire on all sides, and right, its inside is dried out. Um, can it possibly be used for work? Okay, that's a good way to remember the discussion. Says the Gemara. So. Gemara now, once we're talking about log-related psukim, quotes a pasuk in uh, in, um, in Yirmiyahu, uh, which talks about, if I recall, Tichayakim, 
So Yehoyakim is sitting in his winter house, right? And there is something called Vihaach, or Heach, I think it's Haach. Something called a ha'ach was burning in front of him. What's a ha'ach? My ach. Right, I should say something called an ach was burning in front of him. My ach. What does that word mean? Right? Ha'ach. Vi'ach. Amr Rav. Rav says achvana. It's something called an achvana. What's an achvana? Achvana is a, um, what do you call it? A willow bundle. A willow bundle. Okay. So Shmuel Amar eitzim shenidlaku ba'achvana. Shmuel says, no, no. It is wood that was lit in a achvana. So Rashi actually says that it should read be'achva, like in a brotherly fashion. What does that mean? That they were they were lit very evenly. Well, the, right, the small ones, uh, or, or rather, very even, uh, evenly is not a good way of saying it, the, the, this, the, all the, someone lit the corner and then the whole bundle of wood caught on from each other. Like it was a very efficiently kindled uh, bundle of wood. Okay, that's a funny thing to make a, a, something get its own name. Um, okay. All right, very well. Uh, one second, because there's something my esteemed brother-in-law shared with me. Some information that's going to be helpful to us actually in the coming sugya but I could not remember it for the life of, life of me but it's a lot of names of tree parts that we're going to need to remember okay alright very well so let's move on yeah coming soon Says the Gemara, ah, so it says the Gemara that uh, what was happening was, um, what what happened was, Ahuda uh, man So the way they resolved the dispute was they found some uh, some peasant out in the marketplace saying, who needs achvana? Who needs achvana? And ishtak arvisa, and they realized that he was selling arvisa. He was selling uh, willows. So um, if you read like Rashi, that means that the dispute was resolved in that fashion. Um, Theoretically, um, assuming that ach is a correct translation of achvana, um, but uh, I would say it just means that this is a proof that rav is not that that that, that we call achvana. Like it doesn't really prove very much at all. It just proves that achvana means arava means a willow. Okay. Amarvuna, kanin ain't srichan roiv. They don't need to be mostly burnt. So what a kanin reads, they they burn so efficiently that they don't need to be mostly. Uh, lit on fire before Shabbos. Agadon, but if you tie them together, tree can rip because by tying them together, you kind of create like a dead zone, almost temperature-wise, inside them. Um, that that doesn't really burn so efficiently. Uh, it's not well oxygenated, I suppose, and um, you need to then make sure that they are mostly burnt before Shabbos, mostly caught on, mostly kindled, I should say. Garinin, um, if you have seeds, what kind of seeds are we talking about? So apparently they would use the seeds of a, of a date tree of dates as a kindling sort of thing. So ain't sweet and roiv, they don't need to be mostly burnt. Nostan bechaisalis, but chaisalis are like the leaves itself of the palm. So there was this kind of like little uh, fire device they would make out of 
the leaves of the palm with the seeds in the center, that again it creates like a dead zone in the middle, which requires uh, to, which has to be mostly lit. The opposite makes more sense. mevadron, right? Uh, individual reeds, they kind of they tend to fall apart. So if you have reeds that are not bound together and you light them on fire, so what's going to happen is as the fire continues, they're going to fall in and out. So it's much more likely that you're going to want to stick your poker in there and uh, make sure they burn nicely. Agdam when they're tied together, they don't fall apart. They're much more they're more likely to burn nicely. Garin and again mevadron, right? Similar uh, story with the seeds. When they're apart, they're going to they're going to fall into different directions. When they're tied together, they're more likely to burn nicely. Okay, itmar nami. It's a good argument. Itmar nami. Amr of kahana konim shagdan tzrichin roiv. Right. So it's a funny thing. Usually when we say itmar nami, we're agreeing with the last opinion that was expressed. But over here, Rashi explains we're agreeing with Rav Huna. I would note that if you want to get yourself busy with this type of thing, the Vilna Gaon changes up all the gears to match what would be the more uh, presumptively uh, standard way to read the Gemara, but in terms of, as we almost always go according to Rashi, almost without fail, so we're going to assume like Rashi that what he's saying is he's agreeing to Rav Huna, he's disagreeing with Rav Chista, he's agreeing to Rav Huna. Um, he's saying, when they're tied together, they need to mostly be burned. Um, if they're not tied together, they do need to, they don't need to be uh, mostly burned. However, Garinin Tzrichin Rav, right, he agrees with Rav Chista when it comes to the seeds, when it comes to the Garinin, those are Tzrichin Rav and Nasnum Chaisalais and Tzrichin Rav. However, once they're placed in the Chaisalais, in the Lulav baskets, they do not need a Rav anymore, as described by Rav Chista. Okay. Tani Rav Yosef. Rav Yosef says, Arba Madurais and Tzrichin Rav. There are four types of uh, bonfire which don't require roif. They don't. They don't have to be mostly uh, kindled before Shabbos because they burn so efficiently. What are they? Right? Shel zefes, shel gafris, right? Tar and uh, pitch. Shel um, gvina. That's an interesting one of dried cheese. Not something I ever thought of making a a, um, um, a bonfire out of. But apparently, cheese is an efficient way to make a bonfire. Shel. I, I honestly don't know how that's supposed to work. Um, the shell revav, and anything that's made out of a uh, like a lipid, a fat, or an oil, um, those uh, uh, wax, right? All those things um, which melt down, they're very, very, they burn very efficiently, and they don't have to be lit just so um, before shops. Okay, right? They can just be kindled a little bit, and you can assume that they're going to kindle nicely uh, throughout. Okay. Says the Gemara, "B'masnisa tanu gondin abraisa afshel kash v'shel gavava." You can add to that, "Shel kash v'shel gavava." There are really just two different types of straw, um, right? Uh, straw and straw, right? Whether it's the, the kash is a reference to kind of the traditional straw that we picture when we think of straw, and or at least we Americans anyway. And gavava is kind of just like you know debris, uh, kindling, you know, plant parts that light very easily. Okay. Amar b'yechanan. Eitzim shall bubble in Tzrichim Rav. Rabbi said there's something called Babylonian wood. It doesn't require a Rav. It doesn't need to be mostly burnt. Says the Gemara, what's that? Maskefla. Rabbi says, Mayhi. What exactly is that? Ilay Misilti. If you're referring to slivers of wood, 
when you're using a sliver of wood as a wick in an other right in a fueled some kind of fueled light right for your Shabbos candles so Ula says you need to make sure you light the right it doesn't burn efficiently so silting me boy do you think it should be any difference when a person's making himself a fire out of slivers to warm himself right so we already know that these are not the most efficiently burning uh, forms of fuel of course that of course it has to be lit in such a fashion that most of it is um is uh, is is lit before Shabbos. It's something called Shucha de Arza, which is a particular part of, I think the word is cedar. Um, the word I'm thinking of is maybe bast. I have to look at my little. Oh, there. This is a brand. Okay, sorry. I'm going to get ready. I'm going to get very confused with tree parts. Um, this is just the branch, right? The, the, the thin branch of a, of a cedar, which is very dry. Right? And Rami Bar Abba Omer Zaza. Rami Bar Abba says it's something called a Zaza, which I saw at least one translation of as a hyssop. Okay. A hyssop. So again, a fairly thin, dry branch. Alright, Tadra Lachitzias Let us move along. We're actually a little low on time, so we're going to move. Yeah, yeah, Baruch Hashem. I can't stop us so easily. We're gonna because we're a little behind. I'm just gonna kind of quickly. The Gemaras are just very technical and simple. It's just some uh, unfamiliar phrases. Let's get started on Bam Madlikin. Should be familiar Mishnah. The Mishnah says Madlikin With what can one light a candle on Shabbos? Not on Shabbos. Before Shabbos, um, we don't want to get into a risk of uh, things not burning nicely. I'm gonna come to adjust the wick. So. Says the Meshay Madlikin Loi Bilechesh, Veloi Bechoisen, Veloi Bechaloch, Veloi Besil Saidam, Loi Besil Samin, Veloi Brekashop Namai. We'll explain what all of those things are. Now, Veloi Bezefes, not using tar, Veloi Beshaiva, not using wax, Veloi Beshemin Kik, can't use, use a Shemin Kik, which is a particular sort of oil. We're going to talk about all the different things, Veloi Beshemin Sreifa, not with, with the trans fats, right? You can use a oil that's already been burnt. Uh, excuse me, the oil that's meant to be burnt. Um, oil like uh what do you call it um what's the uh classic example it's truma oil i think um um and you can't use you can't use tail right the lamb a lamb's tail is very very fatty um you can't use lamb's tail to um you can't use a lamb's tail to uh, as the source of fat, right? Very, very well. Now, just pulling up this information. Okay, very good. Nachum Hamadi Yoyimer, right? Vloi bechelav, and you can't use chelav, forbidden fats either. Nachum Hamadi Yoyimer, right? These are now sorry talking about the sources of fuel. Nachum Hamadi Yoyimer, madlikim bechelav mumbushel, you can use cooked animal fat I don't care whether you cook it I don't care whether you don't cook it none of that none of that matters I'm sorry I, I made a reference to um, to forbidden fat and I don't think that's the point at all um, uh, the point is animal fat of any kind right uh, what's the word tallow right tallow alright says the Gemara Lechesh what's Lechesh Shucha de Arza so that's the word we just said a second ago Right? Isn't that nice? That connects very nicely. Shukha da'arza, it's a branch of a cedar. 
Okay, says the Gemara, What's the Hava Amina that I would use a regular stick, a regular piece of wood as a wick? Right? It's not a good wick. Says the Gemara, Ba'amernisa de Isfis. It is a part of it. I don't know really much about cedar wood, but there's kind of a woolly substance that uh, you can find in the bark. Okay? V'loi b'chaisen. Amr of Yosef, what's chaisen? The Irish the driest part of, of flax. I think the proper word is... Um, is uh, tau, right? I think it's pronounced tau and not toe. Um, we talk about someone being tau-headed. That's what we're referring to. Um, is that toe-headed? I don't know. It's the type of thing you read. You don't hear anyone actually saying that. Um, but uh, it's a sort of chaff that comes off of the flax. Okay. Right? We see that the chasoin will be no iris. So that proves that chasoin, right? This chasoin is the... Uh, if if chaisen is chasayin, if we can assume that that's the same thing, and then then that proves that chasayin is not generally referred to as noiris because you just said chasayin is noiris, but Yishai is saying the chasayin will be like noiris. So clearly they're two different things. Says the Gemara, kisna the It's flax which was crushed but not combed. I don't know why you have to do either of those things, but that is part of the process, and it doesn't kindle very well when it's only been crushed. Okay. Amr of Yosef, um, excuse me, I asked everyone, all the seafarers, what Kalach is. They said, oh, it's Kulcha, and that didn't really help very much at all because, um, you know, uh, they, 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 they still didn't tell them what it was. So, Amr Gushkara, right, he said something called Gushkara. What is Gushkara? So, Gushkara is the. Um, the uh, cocoon of a silkworm. So, Rabban Abaye have asked Kamei de Rabbana, excuse me, de Rabbana Nechemiach with the Reish Galusa. Chazi to have a lavish metachsa. The Rabban Abaye were sitting next to Rabbana Nechemiach, who sounds like he was a rabbi, um, in the home of the Reish Galusa, or I'm sorry, who was the brother of the Reish Galusa, and they saw that he was wearing a piece of clothing called a metachsa. That was a particular type of Silk, and so Amalei Rav and Abayis. So Rav turns to Abayis and says, "Hainu kalach betan." That is this cocoon silk that we uh, that we learned about, or maybe not, or maybe it's it's not. I should say it's not the cocoon silk. It's just the regular silk, right? It could be in theory like the Nechusa Yama. That is a sort of silk that isn't necessarily the cocoon silk. So so Amalei Anan Shira Piranda Karimala. We call this Shira Piranda. That's what we call this type of cloth. We have a a a a a presumably a brisa menachas here that lists a whole bunch of types of material which are chayav mitzitzes and two of them are shiroyin right shira and klach so that proves that klach and shiroyin are two different things so how can you say that shira piranda and klach are the same thing says the gemara. You're right, Tiyofta. We are out of business. Ibois Ema Shira Luchud Vishira Piranda Luchud. So Ibois Ema is very strange over here. Um, either Tiyofta or Ibois Ema um, is out of place. But Shira Luchud Vishira Piranda Luchud. Oh, I'm sorry. The way you could expre- express the answer really is that that uh, that um, the Tiyofta, either it's a Tiyofta or. Shira and Shira Paranda are two different things. There are two different types of Shiroin. Right, quickly, let's read a little farther. 
Um, what is Psila so Yidan? So, it's something called Achavina that doesn't really help. Right? Achavina um, is a willow, a, a component of willow. Okay, it's a component of willow. Again, it doesn't burn nicely. Um, so, um, they saw a, uh, what do you call it? They saw um, some willow trees. So, right, the, again, it is similar to the discussion by Cedar, right? He says, that's regular wood. So, so he peeled it and he demonstrated them that there's a woolly substance that can be used for um, for this purpose. I just want to read like four more lines. I'm sorry, I know it's a little late. Shavra is a plant which I, it's called Molain. I know it doesn't mean anything to me. Um, so so, the, so the, the green stuff, which literally means the green stuff that's floating on the water. So what's that? So if you mean um, the, the algae kind of, where the, where the, that builds up on top of the water, where the water gets a little deeper, you can't use it as a as a uh, as a wick anyway. It doesn't make any sense. That like mossy substance is not workable as a wick. Says the Gemara. We're talking about the green stuff that that grows like on a boat, right? Amid the barnacles, I mean, that's a little more stringy, I suppose. Um, there's a brisa which says they added on to the forbidden wicks um, wool and hair. The time be done. Right, Temer Michvat Kovitz Seir Echuche Michra. Our Tana, right? Our Tana, what do you call it? Um, he, didn't, um, he didn't think that he needed to talk about it at all because hair and wool make very, very bad wicks. The, uh, the wool just like dries up and contracts, and the hair, where do you guys go? And the hair, um, and the hair really just it sears, it, it, what do you call it? It just gets consumed instantly as soon as you touch it with the fire. It chars, and he didn't think he had to talk about them at all because they're such bad wicks as to be impossible to use. Okay, I think we'll.